0: Hey, I'm Jeffrey Masters, and as you likely know, I have long been fascinated by our history. I was in my early 20s when I first read about Stonewall. I was newly out and trying to learn everything that I could about this community which I was suddenly a member. And there was Stonewall, this singular, now mythic event in our history. It went on for hours. Nobody was there the entire time. No one knows exactly who was there, because in the middle of a riot, you don't take a roll call. That was Mark Siegel, he was 18, he was there. Or maybe he wasn't, as he says, right? Now, I also distinctly remember seeing a production of A Normal Heart, Larry Kramer's landmark play, and being confused by one of the lines. Bruce, did you know that an openly gay Englishman was as responsible as any man for winning the Second World War? His name was Alan Turing. And he cracked the Germans' Enigma code so the Allies knew in advance what the Nazis were going to do. And when the war was over, he committed suicide. He was so hounded for being gay. I went home that night after hearing that, and spent hours reading about Alan Turing. This was years before the movie would have come out, and I was angry. I still am. The man who figured out how to decrypt the Germans' intelligence code effectively speeding up the end of World War II was gay. And for all the countless classroom hours devoted to the war, the only queer people ever mentioned are the ones in concentration camps. Our history is murky, often unrecorded, and though history books don't label us, we've always existed. What the radical movement in the early 70s did was not to say that we want to knock on the door. We wanted to fucking break it down and march through and tell society, we're changing you, you're going to change, and you better live with it. We have made tremendous progress over the last 50 years, but that progress has not been evenly spread. LGBTQ people are not bound by any particular race or gender or socioeconomic status, and the inequalities and inequities that exist in American life also exist in and around the different letters of the LGBTQ experience. There aren't that many black girls still alive to come this far. So we got to be there for everybody. Let them know that they can get here too. It is in talking to these elders, people like Miss Major Griffin Gracie, who just heard from, where I have continually found the most inspiration. And I am terribly excited to tell you that we are going to be devoting the next two months, at least, to the stories of our community's elders. I say at least because I don't know exactly when we'll stop. That's the truth. It is hard to pick just eight or nine when there are thousands. But for the next two months, at least, we've got all new interviews for you from LGBTQ elders. These are a celebration of our past, which is also our present. And just in case that sounds too serious, I promise they're also a lot of fun. And here's a clip to prove that. This one from Kate Bornstein. Gender became inconsequential to me while I was in quarantine and grappling with old age. Oh, you're not old. 70 is the new 50. Fuck that. 70 is the same old 70. My face is sagging. My boobs are sagging. Boy, oh boy, way down to my waist. And you let go of that as being necessary to your gender. So starting this week, we're kicking off our big LGBTQ elders project with Barbara Satin. She's a faith leader and an 87-year-old trans woman. That is this Tuesday. And in the meantime, as this project will be ongoing, if you have suggestions of any elders that you think have amazing stories, I would love to hear it. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at JeffMasters1. That is the best way to connect. Come find me and I will see you there. All right, y'all. Bye.